Intro music, baby. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> Big brother Chad Lewis here on the Simon's Valley Trip podcast. How you doing, my brother? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? Good, dude, good. Happy to finally have you here. Yeah, man. I'm glad we finally figured out a way we could both do this together. No, yeah, right. We see each other like 10 times a week. No, we got I know, <laughs> always right? talking yeah. like very, very sporadically, very yeah. short amount of time. Well, I want to start by just like kind of like dropping the bomb and announcing that we're going to team up for that three mats a day podcast. Yeah, we're going to talk about jujitsu, yoga, both aspects of yoga, right? The physical and the spiritual, mental, and strength and conditioning, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's the news. And now I want to get to know. Um, I want you to tell the story about your uh, your journey in jiu-jitsu because I know it's pretty yeah, sure. pretty interesting. It's had highs, lows, oh, yeah. interruptions, and all that. But you're back, and you've been back for a couple of years, competing, winning constantly, improving, getting your brown belt promotion, and you know, like looking at the eye, uh, the dragon in the <laughs> eye. You're, you're getting there, and it's it's fucking amazing to witness it in the, oh, the couple sure. of years that, that I've been able to, to train uh, by your side and get to uh, attend some of your classes too. Uh, so, I mean, like having you around is, is fucking great. So it's, I think it's a great opportunity to, to tell your story and how sure. you started and all, you know, like your journey and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, for sure, man. Well... And I don't remember the exact year I started, but it was probably 2007, 8, or 9, somewhere right around there. And uh, I always wanted to train ever since my brother joined the Army, and he came back and kicked my ass. And we had just this, okay. like, basic jujitsu, you know, because I've been teaching basic training. And mm -hmm. he went to infantry, so it showed him a little more. But he came back, and it showed me, like, what a triangle choke was and what an arm bar, you uh -huh. know. And my brother was always the, the intelligent one, you know, and I was always the athletic one. Mm -hmm. So when my intelligent brother comes home and beats me up, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck's going right. on here, you know? And uh, so I was like, all right, jiu-jitsu, I got to figure this out. And, and he told you it was jiu-jitsu? Oh, for the, sure. The training? Yeah, okay. yeah. And even before that, we were watching like UFC when I was a kid and watching oh, Clayton yeah. Gracie and mm -hmm. Susie, like these big guys like that stuff. That's so jiu-jitsu was already like on the, the, the next big thing, you mm -hmm. know, on the up and up. So, uh, so I wanted to train, and I think at the time maybe there was a Gracie Baja in town. That was going okay. to school, but I, I never really went in. Something just wasn't pulling me towards it, you know. And then one day I was driving home from work, and I passed by. No, that's not right. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I went to the mall to do something, and I came out. I had a flyer in my car for a new gym opener, and it was a Carlton Gracie flyer. Oh shit! And it was sign up for a year, get a free gi, all this stuff. So I'm like, all right, let's go by and check it out. So I drove right from there. I drove straight over to the address on the thing and walked in and met Carlton Gracie Jr. He was the guy there, and he was there with, I believe. Christian Gandhi, who's the now the professor out in Carlton Gracie, Miami, mm -hmm. or not Miami, Hawaii, and I think Ben Hall was there, and there was just a bunch of black belts that were Carlton Gracie Jr. black belts. You know, cool. Yeah, so I went in, and I ended up signing up right there, and I think at the time, I was young, maybe 21, 22, and I had probably 12, 1,300 bucks in my account, right? Mm -hmm. And me and Janet were trying to figure out our life at the time. She's my wife now, mm -hmm. you know, at the time she was my girlfriend. And I think we were living with our parents, too. And I took all the money out of her account on my card, and I paid right there for the full year. And oh, I was shit. like, I'm going to explain it to her when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> I got the gi, everything, oh my you know? God. So I went home, and I told her, and yeah, it didn't go over too well. No, I, I believe you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but I was there all the time training, man. I was there. I would schedule my work schedule around it so I could go in the morning, go at night, go two a days, go all the time. And it was just, man, when you grow as a white belt, I'm sure you know, it's just so much information to yeah, absorb. Oh, and you yeah, see how I was about to ask you that. Like, you experienced it, like grappling, right, with, yeah. with your brother. Yeah. And you were like, holy shit. But how was it when you stepped on the mats the first time and the gi? Was it a total different experience? Well, I didn't walk into a pre-established school, right? I was the first student to sign up at the school. Mm -hmm. So the first day it was me and, like, one other guy for the first week. Sometimes no one else showed up, so I was doing like a private, you know, for free wow. with like different black belts and, and juniors, you know. 
And then slowly but surely, more people started coming. Mm-hmm. They were all white belts. So it was like the battle of the white belts. Right. Who could be the top Girls, white belt? Well, now yeah. there's no blue belts, no purple belts, nothing. So I'm sure it's funny because then we thought we were all like badass. Like, who's going to be the top guy? Right. <laughs> but now that I'm a brown belt looking at new white belts, I can only imagine what like Junior or these other guys were watching. You know, like all these brand new white belt guys. The just horror. Like, yeah, the horror the of jiu yeah. like, oh my God, he doesn't even yeah. know how to. It's funny because we would ask questions all the time, and Junior's like, "Don't no question, just do the just like think about the questions that all these white belts were asking." You know? Oh my uh, god! So uh, so I tr- was training and training and kept getting better, and I did some competitions, won a couple, lost a couple back then. Um, had a lot of support once I started going to Jenny. She started coming with me to them when kids would come watch me in class. Oh uh, nice! Yeah, she and she never got into it. No, nah, she wasn't for her. No? Yeah, she was, she didn't want to get the ears and didn't want to get the bruises and all that stuff, you know. She, she looked like a badass. <laughs> to be honest, if she did it, she would kick ass. Right, too. she, she would, would, for sure. sure. Yeah. But it just wasn't for her, you know. She had other stuff going on. But uh, at the time, she was running a, like a wedding photography business, so she was pretty busy okay. with that. She had a lot of time on her jobs. But, uh, so yeah. So for about two years, I trained. And to, only, to the point, too, where the, after about seven or eight months, Junior got screwed because it wasn't his school. Another black belt paid for the school, mm-hmm. invited Junior in as a partner, and ended up screwing him. I think he got up to like 80 or 90 students at the school in seven or eight months, and Junior still wasn't making any money and paying yeah. out of his own pocket to live in California to train. And also leaving his school in Chicago mm-hmm. with other people to teach and uh, kind of like, you know, putting all of his energy here and leaving his school there and, and not seeing anything from it. So at that moment, Junior left. He told all the students what was going on, some other students back then, and that school eventually went under. And uh, we started training out of one of the white belts' businesses we bought. Mac, or he bought Mac, and we all started training. It was just a group of guys wow. who now is Orlando, who owns Carlson Gracie Mac Community. Gracie. Oh. Um, Tom, who now owns Carlson Gracie Temecula. Um, and a couple other guys that don't really train much anymore, like Clarence, who owns a pest control company, the brown belt. I know Clarence. He comes yeah. and goes from mm-hmm. time to time, you know. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so we were training there, and we'd call Junior. If it still, even though Junior wasn't here and he was back out there, he would still be an open book and let us call him anytime and ask him questions about stuff, and he would tell us stuff and work with us over the phone. And, man, we weren't giving this guy any money, and this is Carlson Gracie Junior. Wow. Still, like, open That's and teaching us. crazy, you know? man. Yeah. The love for the art. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, and he's such a nice guy, man. So then at that point, Tom, I think, teamed up with someone else. I don't know who, but they, they ended up all teaming up and opened the school for Junior. It was like, <coughs> this is your school, Junior. We want to bring you here and give you a school and so we can all train. Because at the end of the day, I was just really wanting to train jujitsu, you know. So that's how the modern school that Tom's at now started, was Tom opened this school, took like I'm not 100% sure, but I think he took everything he had and threw it into the school, man, and kind of stopped eventually doing the work he was doing and gave his life to the school to make sure it would succeed. So, you know, hats off to him because none of us would be training right now. Sure, totally, right? But, uh, yeah, man. So then Junior came out, ended up putting a couple black belts there that didn't work out, that just kind of kept falling off. And uh, eventually Tom worked his way up to where he's at now, and he took over the school and is teaching. Yeah, now back to my story. So back to my story. After about two years, I got the blue belt. We were training out of garage. The other school opened back up with Junior, and I went back and started training there. Um, I, I, I found out Janet was pregnant, and we were going to get married, and we were already together for, I think, five or six years, and I plan on getting married anyways. Mm-hmm. But it was always, oh, once we get our, our finances in order, once we get our life <coughs> in order, we'll, 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 we'll get... When the perfect time comes. Exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll, get, we'll get married then, right? But now she's pregnant, and we're not married. I'm like, ah, we got to get married, you know? So we, we did like a shotgun type wedding mm-hmm. and we got married and I'm still not making that good of money, you know, and I'm stressing about life and thinking about uh, how am I going to raise a kid when I, when I can't even provide for this kid, right. you know? So, and I came from not a poor home, but not like a low, low middle class home, you know, where we go paycheck to paycheck mm-hmm. and the car broke down, it was stressful. So finances to me was a big thing. You know, it was, it was like that accumulated to happiness in a family is mm-hmm. the, the, the food on the table and a roof over our head, and uh, which is a basic necessity, right? So I quit jujitsu at that point and started really focusing on making money. Mm-hmm. And I ran through a bunch of different businesses and, and did all sorts of stuff to get to where I'm at now, which I'm, I'm financially comfortable. 
Um, but in the process of doing all that, man, I, I was drinking all the time when I quit jujitsu. I was smoking pot all the time. I hurt myself. I got painkillers. So I was taking painkillers, and oh, then man. those ran out. What happened to you? Man, I, I was walking, and I rolled my ankle, and I was sore as that. So I went to the doctor, and the doctor, what's the first thing he does? He's like, oh, you'll, you'll be fine. He's like, you want some sort of pain? I was like, man, like, <laughs> yeah, please. You know, I'm trying to do pest control, and my ankle hurts. You know, like, it's hard to walk around with this heavy backpack all day. So I think he gave me, like, an aura cat or, or something like that, like a, a painkiller, you mm-hmm. know, like a, like an opioid-based painkiller. Yeah. So I started taking it, and when it ran out, I was like, felt like shit. Like, you do when you come off those, you know? Yeah. So what did I do? I so started withdrawal, trying to withdrawal withdrawal, dude. Yeah. So I started drinking more and smoking more weed and then I ended up finding someone that had pills that mm-hmm. I went to school with, started taking more of those, and I just was a wreck, dude. I was letting the stress of life and the stress of thinking I was nobody bringing a kid into this world financially over just overtake me, man, and I just let it crumble me, you know, and I started using all the time. But even though I was using it, I was building a business. And mm-hmm. I slowly started making more money, got us into a house, I became financially stable. And now I had this, I had no excuse why I couldn't use drinking stuff. I felt like mm-hmm. now that I'm making all this money, it gives me the excuse to, even more of an excuse to drink and use substances because I'm successful now. Now you're happy. Yeah, now yeah. I'm happy, you know? like, And thank God that I have a, a badass woman at home that every day was on my ass about it. And then finally got to the point where she's like, I'm going to leave you if you don't get your shit together and you're never going to see your kid again because I don't want my kid to have a dad that's drinking, smoking weed, popping pills all the time, you know? Right. So it got to the point, and even then I was still like, screw you, you know? Like there's roof, there's a roof over your head, a nice roof over your head, food on the table, you drive a nice car, you have no, we're going on vacations, you have nothing to complain about, you know? Because coming from a poor home, that's the only thing that I thought was, was mm-hmm. that she could bitch about, you know? Right. And I thought, like, an addict is someone that's homeless. An addict is someone that's robbing people to get drugs. I didn't think an addict was someone that had their life in control that was still using, you know? Yeah. It's, it's the, addicts what come they in all call functional habits. Yeah, addicts. Addicts, yeah. addicts come in all shapes and sizes, right? Yeah. So, uh, it, it, so I, we'd get in fights about it all the time until one day I came home and she just wasn't there. And the kid was, Brennan was gone with her. You wow. Know? Yeah, and it was days that I didn't hear from her. And I was calling everybody, her mom. And I was upset. I was calling like, where the hell is Deanna at? She picked my son, you know, da 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 You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get she make makes no money. It was still about money. She <laughs> makes no money. I make money, she I'm gonna win the kid back, all this stuff. So five or six days goes by and she calls me and she's like, Do I have your attention yet? It's the first thing she sounds like on the phone. And I just go off on her and she hangs up. <laughs> she doesn't call me back, bro, for like four or five days again. Oh, like another shit. four or five days, you know? And I'm home alone, just Man, just life sucks, you know. Getting now, up. Uh, for the first four or five days, I was still maintaining my my habits because I surrounded myself with other friends and mm-hmm. people that were also making money that that worked for me and things like that that supported my 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 lifestyle. Okay. You know? So, um, but deep down inside, I just wasn't happy. You know, I had no. It was just all about making money, and I had no outside passion. I had no jujitsu anymore. I had yeah. no nothing that was worthy to give my time to. Just all this stress of making money, which felt like it could be pulled out from underneath my feet at any time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so then she, so then I stopped after that. After she hung up, I slowly was like, "All right, like, what's going on here?" You know, and it, my ego and everything started to crumble. And then when she called back again, another four or five days later, I was just like, "All right, I'm ready to work again." And she was like, "All right, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk to your counselor." I'm not. I was like, "All right, we'll just come home." And she's like, "No, I'm not coming home." She's like, "I'm not gonna come home until you prove to me." that you're willing to, to get sober until you prove to me that you're willing to be a father to your son and a husband to me and that you're ready to be the man that I, and she said something like the man that I know you can be or something like okay. that. And that really stuck with me, you know, it's like the person that I fell in love with, you know? So, uh, so I was like, all right, whatever you say. So she, we went to a counselor, I think the next day or the day after that. And I'm, I'm laying in bed at night, not using anything. I was smoking two packs of, uh, Newport Red Tonight of all cigarettes. Damn. I was smoke and I was smoking weed. You have a throat, bro. Oh, good <laughs> lord, man! I'm probably I'd probably knock a good ten years off my life. <laughs> oh you know? shit! But I was smoking weed, drinking alcohol, popping pills, and I quit everything cold turkey to the point where Damn. at night I was throwing up all night. I was shivering, sweaty, hot, cold. Every night my whole blanket would be wet in my room because I was so pissed, you know. Damn. And then so we went and talked to a counselor, and it was a a faith based counselor at a church. I think it was free. And the first thing the guy says is he looks at her, he doesn't even look at me, he says, you can't believe a word out of his mouth. 
And yeah, bro. I was like, all right, I'm done. Like, I got up and walked out. You know, I'm like, I'm trying. You know, I'm like, not only going through withdrawals right now, but come on, man. Like, come throw me a bone here. You right. know? Like, let's talk yeah. about stuff. He <laughs> can't so, believe a word out of his yeah. mouth. <laughs> Look at him. He can't Look believe a word him. out of his mouth. He's an addict, you know. He's going to lie to you. So uh, she gets up and follows me out. She's like, I'm, she's like, I'm sorry. You know, I really didn't think that. Let me find someone else. So she ended up finding a guy at this other counseling place who was actually trying to get his hours to get his license. There's a lot. He's already gone through school, but now he needs to get his hours. And he was a recovering heroin addict. And it was like 14 or 15 years ago that he was sober. Mm-hmm. And his name was, uh, I should have written it down. Yeah, Jeremy. And, uh, man, he changed my life. Really? I, I, yeah, he was amazing. He was the best thing that's ever happened to me for sure. He helped me understand my thoughts. He helped me become real conscious. He helped me understand spirituality and what that actually means. Um, he helped my marriage and the way we communicate in our, in our marriage and how I communicate with other people. Um, core issues from childhood. The guy just completely turned my life upside down. Mm-hmm. It was two years where I was talking to him twice a week for two years straight and then also once in the middle of the week as a couple. And uh, so after about a month of doing that, Jenna moved back in. And yeah, man, that's well, the start of you. What, two months? Two months of just hard, hard heroin, man. Mm-hmm. Thank God she did that, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, and that goes out to like all the, the couples out there, women especially, because you see it a lot, women that are codependent, where they think love is just standing by their man, you know, and, and enabling them and, yeah. and don't, don't make their man upset, you mm-hmm. know, give them whatever they need. But love is truly about standing for what you know is right and what that person needs, even if it's not easy. You know, yeah. and, and thank God she did that, you know. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, so I started, Jeremy encouraged me to go back to the gym and start lifting weights again and find a hobby. So I started doing that, and then over the time, he started talking to me about what, what I truly enjoyed the most as an adult and as a child and what I felt playful in when the first time I came out of relationships and how much I liked it. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that was holding me back from going down that ego was that all these people that I did train with mm-hmm. are now purple brown belts and I'm a blue belt and if I go back I'm just going to get crushed you know mm-hmm. and that stuck with me even though I recognized that my ego was still not letting me go back it still wanted more to happen before I went back wow. so yeah so it was a total time off of maybe five or six years it was from the time I quit to the time I came back so I went back in and Palm who was a blue belt at the time when I left is now a black belt in Orange is the New Orleans Holy Orlando, shit. who was a purple belt or a brown belt, is a black belt and now owns Conservation Medicine. Mm-hmm. Scott Larson, who was a purple belt, is now a black belt. You know, all these people mm-hmm. are just black belts, you know. So I started going, man, and it's, I just walked in and said, all right, this is where I'm at. You know, I gotta, I can accept reality for what it is. I can get rid of my ego at the door and come in and start learning jiu-jitsu again because it feels good not for any external reason other than that I enjoy doing it and it makes me happy. So I started doing it, man, and, and thank God Tom opened the, the gym to me and he was is always an open book, you know Tom. Yeah. Week after class he helps, he's constantly helping me grow. And man, I just like dedicating my life to, of course my family and kids always come first, but other than that, uh, jiu-jitsu is I just love it, man. Yeah. So I started studying jiu-jitsu all the time, buying DVDs, watching matches all the time, and then going to jiu-jitsu, five, six days a week, you know, sometimes twice a day and, and going and, yeah, and competing a lot at blue belt when I got back, did really good there, competed a lot at purple belt, did really good at purple, and now I'm a, been a brown belt for a year and a half, and, yeah, plan on coming up in two weeks, there you go. Nice, nice, yeah. So, how, why did you start doing yoga? Oh, man, because, because of you. So I started, the, the better better reason. The reason I started doing this is because I met you, and you were like, hey, man, you got to try yoga. you got to try yoga, you know? And before, I was stretching on my own, and and it was, it was I felt relief from stretching, right? It was like a good base. No, we, we met through Sal. Sal hooked us up. Because you yoga, right? And yeah. I came over here for yoga. Yeah. And you came in with Rodrigo. That's right. So Sal is the reason I started doing yoga. Oh, okay. Yeah, so not you. But I was introduced to yoga through through you, but through Sal. Okay, yeah. But yeah. I was doing little stretching at the gym and stuff, and like, hey, you're hurting my hip, hurting my knee, and I'm always just, you know, the way we push our body in jiu-jitsu, yeah. if you're actually training jiu-jitsu hard yeah. and, and reenacting like that tournament style in class often, your body gets beat up, man. Yeah. 
and I was stretching at the gym and lifting weights all the time and not doing anything for my body other than lifting weights and doing jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And then I came in here and did my first yoga class, and I remember leaving thinking, "Holy shit, man!" I feel, I felt like I recovered a, a substantial amount in just one hour of being here. That's fucking crazy, right? Dude, it's yoga is yeah. the best thing you could do for your body for sure. The 100%. way it feels, it's just so fucking immense. Yeah, it's it was at first I thought I was just stretching, you know, and then I came in and realized that it's so much more than that. Oh yeah. So it's, much so, it's so mental. Yeah. It's oh, so yeah. mental. You know who surprised me? How great that the focus that that kid had is fucking impressive. Man. Yeah. Because, yeah, like I was talking to him. He's like, yeah, I'm not fucking, I'm not very flexible or anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And he's pulling his leg up. <laughs> he's just like, standing dude, straight. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? But yeah. he was just laser Zone focused in. and Alan. Holy For shit! A big guy, that guy, yeah, because he is jacked. Yeah, he's fucking so. He's like flexible. a super heavyweight or something like that, right? He's a big Probably, boy. Yeah, he's like two fifty, two twenty, maybe even heavier. Man, yeah. he was really flexible. I remember yeah. a butter. I think I look over. I'm doing butterfly. And I can barely lift my knees. I look oh, up. Yeah, he's, he's just all, like got his knees pinned yeah. to the ground. I'm like, holy shit, man! So strong, dude. Yeah, strong, flexible muscles, like gymnast muscles. That's yeah. what he had. Gymnast muscles, like he's way bigger than yeah. than, than a gym, than a gymnast. Right? Yeah, yeah, man. Yoga just the way it made me feel, and it put me on the map more, and it helped all the little aches and injuries. It was just insane. Yeah, I've never I, ran into anything like that before. If I didn't do yoga, I fucking I would have quit because yeah, my body would have been in so worse shape. You know? Yeah, for sure. And even though it, I think it took back like at least almost 20% of my flexibility because of all the scar tissue that oh, I can yeah. accumulate and accumulate, especially on the hips. So yeah. my lower back and my, my hamstrings are always pretty pretty tight. Well, I wish my I hip flexors. But if I didn't do it for that long before I started training and keep doing it and teaching and everything, right now that I'm training, oh, shit. Because there are some days after training, I'm, I'm driving home and I know, I know, like, holy shit, tomorrow everything's gonna hurt yeah yeah because you just went to war with fucking 14 animals on a uh, friday morning you know the worst is when you get them train at night and you go in you lay in bed and your body's like no sir we're not going to right, bed. right now you're too beat up <laughs> yeah your mom your body yeah, aches man. and pains yeah it's crazy yeah, but it it's I, I i compare them a lot because <coughs> you love it and sometimes you hate it so much but you enjoy it yeah so much that and you and i think the love and the joy is always like that hate that you feel is like when we were talking before we started recording like having a big guy like tim or landon on top of you you're like fuck yeah i fucking hate this shit yeah. <laughs> that you can't even move those guys especially as a white belt and i'm just Oh, I can't wait. And I look up at the clock and there's four minutes left on the round. I'm like, oh, no. I could just tap because you're so fucking heavy on me. Yeah, oh, yeah. But like I said, it's such a good metaphor for life. Like, sometimes life is just smashing. And you're going through just such a hard time. And it's like you look up and there's four minutes on the clock. And you're like, I got to enjoy this or I don't even know when I'm going to come out of this this rough patch of life. As long as I just keep making the next right decision, it'll make it out, you know? Yeah. I think that's what it, it ignites like in your brain, right? Yeah. In yeah. your mind, it's always like, hey, you've been here before too, so quit bitching yeah, about exactly. it. You gotta keep enjoy going, it. man. Yeah, enjoy it. That's it. Yeah. And I like too yoga that it's not just a mindless act, you know. Like what I like about jujitsu is there's constant growth, and you're constantly learning, you're constantly working on getting better. Yeah. And with normal stretching and stuff, it's just like, oh, let's just stretch this out, you know? But yeah. with yoga, you're actually practicing breathing in these movements that you're actually every day trying to get better at, mm-hmm. which is fun because for me, I like to find progress and stuff and work towards getting better at things. And with jujitsu and yoga, there's so much alike in that, that yeah. fact that it's something I can practice. Yeah, That's why I like doing kettlebells too because yeah, you're, you're not working out, you're practicing these kettlebells. You're trying to get better at using kettlebells. The, the form, it's so Constant, yeah. You can never be perfect. It's always just did, about Did progress. you watch that video that oh, I sent dude, you? Oh, that guy's a monster. Oh, my God. I sent it to Lawrence, too, and he asked me, 
How much you reckon? How that, much you what? How much you reckon? <laughs> how much you reckon that kettlebell weighs? And I'm like, I think I said like 85, 90 pounds. He's like, no, <laughs> that shit is heavier yeah, than that. Yeah, it's like 48 kilos or 52 kilos. It was like over 100 pounds, I think. Yeah, yeah it was like a beast, like 106 pounds, I think. Damn, that's a massive. That's a big, it's that a big is bell. fucking jacked. Yeah, he's jacked. Know, he looks like a fucking dwarf. Yeah, those yeah. those uh, three uh, three disciplines I think pair so well, right? Yoga, jujitsu, and strength and conditioning. Oh yeah. We came from an old school uh, watching boys and all these smaller guys beat bigger guys. Yeah. And right now I think we're in the like. I hate to call it like that, but like Roy Jitsu era, where Hell these yeah. guys are fucking jacked, especially uh, heavy and extra heavyweights. We're even seeing it lower, you know, like uh, I think it was one of the Muay brothers got caught a couple years ago for it. Oh yeah, I remember that. that too, man. I remember that. People are looking for that that extra little edge, yeah. you know, because they're training so hard all the time. Yeah, all the time, yeah, their body needs to, to recover yeah. better. But th- I think that's the thing. They're training with an old school mentality with this new concept of like okay yeah. but if you're gonna hurt just fucking shoot up yeah. something you know and these guys are are doing the strength and conditioning natural or enhanced however and they're doing jujitsu but they still don't have <coughs> don't add up like more recovery yeah it's oh, yeah. just training 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 lift and lift and lift and lift so, I think recovery is huge, man. Yeah, recovery is one of the it's key components of totally training. Right? Totally, totally. You know, I, I think that the whole that whole mindset with like steroids and all that stuff is I'm not enough. You know, like every basic human being, I think has that deep inside them. Like I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. And with their jujitsu, they get to such a high level that they're like, I'm not enough at this level to beat all these guys. So I need that little extra advantage yeah. or something. You know. Yeah. So they take it to think like, oh, now I can, now I'm enough because of this external exactly. component, this external right. component that's gonna help me be a, enough. That know? extra confidence. Instead of just like, no, you're enough, dude. Yeah. yeah, you're enough. You know, you can do it. You don't need anything else. You know, but <coughs> I don't know. I'm just speculating. Who knows how people do it? You know, but yeah, I think they they don't believe in in what they have, right? With yeah. all the the knowledge, the technique that, that they have, yeah. they, but you, you, you have to think that there was a first one or someone that's been doing it for ages that got in their heads and be like, this is what you gotta do, baby. Yeah. This, you know? And I think too, when you see some of these guys that are, that are the top of the game that are crushing ADCC in the world that are clearly on steroids, these new up and comers, the people that have been knocking on doors for so long keep coming up short. Yeah. The rest of my competition's gonna not make it. Give them a ten percent edge. I need to get that ten percent edge too. Totally. You know, and it's it's sad, but it is what it is. Yeah. And like you said, it might just be the training, man. You know, maybe these guys are doing it just so they can put in six six days a week, two a days without yeah. getting injured. You know. Totally. Because I never know. Totally. But you know, if they added more recovery to it and not be so savage in, in the yeah. way that that they train, yeah. You know, Oh, definitely. Yeah, like recovery is so big. I think Conor McGregor, I heard him say after this last fight that he was spending so much money on booze and having fun and clothes and yeah. cars instead of on recovery. And he's like, I realized that he said something about LeBron James. Yeah, LeBron James. A, a million and a half a year. On recovery. On everything. Training, yeah. recovery, and massage, And Conor's like, now it's time that I, that I focus more on my recovery. That way I can keep myself on the, you know, in the gym more. And it makes sense, man. Yeah, but... I don't, I don't know. It's <clears throat> fighters are crazy, right? To be a fighter, a prize fighter, you have to be fucking crazy. Uh, and he's a wild dude. No, oh, he is a wild dude. So what he has to do is fucking focus on training. Yeah. You know, um, but I mean, what do, what the fuck do we know of the life of Conor yeah. McGregor? That guy was in welfare five, six years yeah. ago. But man, people that are that are crazy like that, that dial that craziness in, yeah. are the most powerful people in the world. 
Yeah, I mean, look, that look what he's done. Set, that look what he's done, right? Focus and dial that focus in. I know, force. Yeah, look at him. Exactly. Yeah. The fact that um, I, I was talking to someone, I think it was my mom, and I mentioned Conor McGregor. And she said, is that the fighter? And I'm like, yeah. How do you know? She's like, I don't know. I just know that he's a fighter because I heard on the news Conor McGregor is fighting Floyd Mayweather and shit. Like, even my mom. She didn't even, she hadn't seen him anything. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. totally. So he became this huge marquee name, you know, like household name. He played his cards right. Because that that fight with Floyd was like, I don't care how many people say that Conor was even winning the fucking fight. What the fuck? He's yeah. had no business yeah. in there with Floyd. It's so, someone that's never thought of boxing match before. Yeah, that doesn't understand there against the rhythm, the pace, like the best, the best boxer right? ever. You know? yeah. Yeah. God damn it. So, um, he doesn't have to keep training for the money. Yeah, He yeah. can just go in and whenever he wants to the gym and train with his guys. Hey, you want to fight man, this guy? He wouldn't yeah. need that level if he did it for the money. Anybody that's doing it for the money is never going to gotta think you're you gotta suffer and you gotta sacrifice so much to get to that level that if you're just doing it for money you'll never make it you have to do it for for other reasons but yeah I think now but that he has the money, once you had all that once you have all that money it's easy to say all right i'm done yeah you know and that's the level man more partying and other things yeah he's gonna keep coming back yeah gonna Ugh. fight again this year so It's exciting. It's exciting to watch. So, I watched the Khabib Ferguson press conference today. Oh yeah. Oh, it's turning. Yeah, oh, yeah. And heavy. Did you see the? Uh, who are the two chicks that are fighting? Uh, oh, Joanna and Liu. I I don't know the yeah, name. Yeah, I the saw the standoff. You know, mm-hmm. and the Brazilian chick is still like talking the most shit. Yeah. Oh, that's the the Polish. Oh, she's Polish. Joanna. Yeah. The one in the red yeah. dress? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see yeah. her in the dress? Yeah. yeah, she was just talking the most shit. Yeah, she always does that shit. <coughs> Trying to get in her head. Yeah. <coughs> she was a champ, but yeah. she got knocked out, and then she lost again. Uh, she lost against Rose twice. She lost the, the belt and then challenged for it. And now, has this Asian chick ever, ever fought Rose? No. They, they I just saw <coughs> a while ago that they offered her they offered Rose the fight to come back for the title. <coughs> nice. And she said no. Oh, she's done, huh? No, she's not done. Oh, okay. But she said, like, I don't know if if I'm even ready to come back, hmm. let alone just go and, t- you know, try to get the belt back. Damn. So I think she's fighting uh, Andrade, the, the Brazilian girl. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. I think that's the girl that, that knocked her, that knocked her out. Took the the belt from her. So yeah, but she'll be back. Yeah, speaking of the whole Conor McGregor fighting Floyd, you see Will Ryan playing that same kind of game now. You know, he's trying to go up against like wrestlers and stuff. I saw that he had that that match, but he got beat, right? Well, he got beat in a wrestling match, Mm -hmm. and then he owned a guy in the submission grappling match, just like it. Oh, they didn't. They did did that too. Okay, nice. Yeah, but Gordon beat him pretty pretty badly in Mm -hmm. that. Wrestler beat him handily yeah. the other night. Was it technical, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Or something yeah, like yeah. That. yeah. Like it was, it would go, you know. I saw someone commenting like, "All right, I'm ready to see Gordon uh, play professional tennis next." You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> what's well, Gordon gonna play next? Yeah. You know, yeah. You're, People are gonna pay you. You're, you're riding going. that wave. Yeah, dude, you gotta go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that's good because that puts jujitsu name out there oh, too. Yeah. You know, and he's a stud. You know, it's so so popular right now. Oh it's yeah, getting so freaking it just offers so much, you know. It's so practical and it's so resilient. It's just so honest, you know. Um, I'm, I get so impressed every time I see like the kids classes when Tom posts videos or Gene. Yeah. Holy shit, there's so many. Yeah. So many kids that are not gonna be fucking assholes. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the most Man, impressive right? things, dude. Like, I've been in bands. I've been. In, you know, doing yoga for years <coughs> and doing jujitsu for a couple of years. And, man, in bands, I've always met assholes 
backstabbing shit talkers everything yeah. in the yoga community I've met some people that really like think they levitate and shit like super that super enlightened oh yeah love you but in yeah. jujitsu it's like there's yeah. not one asshole like there's a couple yeah, sure, of guys yeah. that you know yeah, are yeah. particular but never like on the mats yeah nothing you know yeah, well, jujitsu has a way of stripping your ego. You know, you yeah. don't believe it or you're not going to totally. believe it. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's the key of it, right? And now that the ego's gone, it's like, fuck it. Yeah. I got nothing else to lose but yeah, that's that right. most precious thing that I had. Yeah. Man, that shit is gone. <laughs> <laughs> it got smashed out of me in fucking, what, 30 seconds yep. with Tino the first time? Oh, yeah. That was a reality check like nothing, dude. Tino doesn't believe me on anything. This will be your first day. We were talking about it yesterday. This will be your first day in Tino. You are. I mean, yeah, he he'll he'll <laughs> let you. First yeah, day. he's like he'll let you pull guard, but then he'll fucking uh, grab grips immediately and not let yeah. go ever. Yeah. Well, Install we you for those six minutes. And like a, one of the reasons is because he doesn't want you to come in try jiu-jitsu and then everybody go easy on you because it's your first day and then you leave never try jiu-jitsu again and say jiu-jitsu is the trick and it's easy mm-hmm. it's like no i'm gonna smash and show you that jiu-jitsu is hard and then i'm sure you'll go out there and get a couple other easy rolls but you got to learn you got to understand what, oh, yeah. what jiu-jitsu is oh know? yeah when you spend a roll with tino you know you're gonna that, get it oh yeah you're in for a massacre yeah that's what's fun about it it is. It's like I was so impressed. I've always been so impressed. But it was like so, I was so foolish. I look at him, and by the time I was heavier, yeah. I look at him, it's like, come on, guy. <laughs> like, like, really, like, really, like, really, like, really, this fucking ego out of nowhere, the yoga guy <laughs> trying yeah, yeah. jujitsu for the first time, and I'm like, oh, it took me a couple of tries. Well, what did you know about jujitsu, right? I didn't know yeah. like, what I saw on TV. Yeah. <coughs> Yeah, think about guys like Mikey Musheshi. You know, this little, this little nerdy kid, you know. Oh, he would fuck me up in oh, 10 yeah. seconds. Yeah, he would fuck 90, 99% of world-class black belts up, yeah. you know. Or twice the size. Yeah, it was it's just so, it's cool, so impressive. Yeah. Dude. So impressive. It's like, we're, I think we're so, so lucky to have the instructors that we have. Oh, yeah. And the training partners that we have, yeah. too. That's an amazing thing that's happened. I, what I like... I think the most about the school is we, we have good professors that are that are good human beings, which is, mm-hmm, is, totally. is first for me. You know, like you gotta yeah. be a good human being. I don't care how good the jujitsu are, it's not yeah. a good human being that I wanna be, you know? Yeah. But then the environment that they provide the school, it's not an easy environment, you know, it's every day they're crushing each other, every day they're oh, yeah. hard, they're sitting out, yeah. you know, and they're taking water breaks. It's it builds character, it builds strength, it builds good jujitsu. Yeah. It does. When you go up against someone in a in a tournament, you're either gonna a crossover, you're gonna win, or you're gonna teach them, or they're gonna pay a steep price for victory because mm-hmm. they taught hard and they trained. Yeah, hard. it is true. That is true, man. Oh yeah, man. I'm excited for this uh, yoga strength, especially like, yeah, like the the yoga, awesome, right? The strength, awesome. Jitsu, awesome. It's all works hand in hand, but there's so much mental about it too that, that totally. I'm excited to talk about. Oh too. yeah. Yeah. That's a huge part of, of, of overcoming, like, just a little anxiety when you go, you know, especially as white and blue belt. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people go there just showing up for class sometimes. They have anxiety driving to school. You know? Really? Like, yeah, man. I've talked to so many people about that. I Sometimes I just think, and I'm like, I really hope this guy doesn't show up because he always really? fucks <laughs> me up so bad. And then I'm, it's like I know their fucking cars too. Like I, when I'm driving to the yeah. parking lot, I'm like, oh, today's gonna be uh, ugly. Man, I wish for Holy me for that person shit. to show up every time you go. Huh? I said I wish that guy shows up every time you go. He does. He's yeah, always good, there. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, some especially the Fridays, right? Yeah. You drive oh, to the parking lot, and yeah. you're like, oh, this is gonna yeah. be ugly. Yeah. But you leave, and you're like. Holy shit, that was amazing. Amazing. You never go to jujitsu and leave feeling like, at least mentally, your body's not the worst, but mentally you never leave feeling worse than when you came. You always feel better. Oh, totally. Totally. It's it's just so fucking crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I've talked to a lot of, of, even all the way up to Purple Belt, where people will come to class feeling a little bit of anxiety about training, almost to the point where it's like, 
how you might feel when some people are feeling like that little bit of anxiety, which now I've kind of got to the point where I don't feel much at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, it's crazy. You know, it's just things like that that I think people we could talk about and help help people address. You know? Yeah, totally. I think that just like it's so physical and so mental. For some reason, we get so deep into being like getting stronger, right? Training, lifting, yeah, doing yeah. all this kind of shit. But I think a lot of people have the wrong like mental focus on it, right? Because yeah. like I can roll with you and be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna like you're a fucking brown belt. <laughs> of course, you're gonna tap yeah. me out. It's yeah. very hard for me. Yeah to survive the six rounds without you tapping me at least yeah. once. So I think the mentality should be another one. Yeah, another like I like to, like, I like to like go in thinking like I'm gonna get better. I'll, I'm gonna learn so much. Yeah, exactly. This guy's gonna teach me so much yeah. in this, in this, right? Because there's a <coughs> lot of teachers that said that every time that you train, you have to roll like your computer. Roll like it's the last roll of your life, like, like, like your life depended on it. It's like, holy shit, yeah. you know, like I, I've, I've seen it in, in so many videos. I've seen so many people talk about it. It's like, is that the way? I don't do that. Feel? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I know, um, I think Fabio Santos said something like, when you, you have to train hard because when you train, when you go to compete, that other guy is going to come at you with everything he has for six minutes. Oh, 100%. So you have to train hard all the time. Yeah, I agree. You do have to. It's good because mm-hmm. sometimes, even if I'm having a shitty day, if I feel like a purple belt is letting me get away with something, yeah, because you know, they're just taking a break or something like that, yeah. I kind of get pissed off. Yeah, I'm like, no, yeah, give it like, yeah, fucking smash, dude. Like, do do what you gotta do because otherwise, I'm gonna think that this works every time and yeah. it doesn't fucking work. I feel bad now. You know, sometimes I've done that with you. <laughs> so, no, don't do that. <laughs> fucking smash, yeah. crazy, like. Sal does it a lot mm. in the way that I know he's he's teaching, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's always like we roll, he gets me, and then we start like learning. Yeah. You know. Well, I try to go with lower belts when I do. I try to play to a point where I let them advance when they're doing something right. Like if I'm playing guard, mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep you in guard until you actually start to pass a way that would work. And then I'll kind of let you pass. But then once you pass, I'll just replace guards, you know, and let you try something else and then, you know, or I'll let you get the mount and then try to do some stuff and then I'll get back to guard, you know. But I'm not, I don't just like roll over like a dead fish, you know. I'm, I, I want to help them grow and at the same time get myself in maybe some uncomfortable positions that I got to get out of, you know. Mm-hmm. But then maybe the last two months I've turned it up just to show Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. I think, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, it's the only way you're going to learn. You yeah. can't get pissed off. Oh, of course not. Like, oh, my God, you fucking smashed me. Oh, well. <laughs> you already picked the wrong sport, man. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. Like, I, one of the things about rolling with women is, like, the women that train with us. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's no offense to them. It's it's more a compliment. It's like rolling with a dude because they're good. Yeah. And they're strong That's and they have good be. technique. Yeah. Like, shit, they're sweeping <coughs> you and mounting you. You can feel the pressure oh, yeah. like, oh, she's not fucking around, dude. Yeah. And I was taking it easy here. No, you can't take it easy. No, it's yeah. Well, it's like, like you said, it's, it's an insult. Amazing. Yeah. Know, if someone goes easy on you, it's an insult. Like, yeah, it's, you are, yeah. You know, it's like, no, I'm here to learn. You're going easy on me because you're a dude? Like, yeah, fuck that. I, d- I, did that, I did that once. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get fucked up by all these cats, too. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> and train hard I like that that's why I want my girls to, to come back to it I want Terry to get into it yeah I think she'll love it no I think she would too because she's 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 like you and she doesn't yeah, know how yeah. to play like oh yeah. she's like oh yeah. Jim is strong too so yeah. oh, I she think would, she'll tear it up for sure she'll like that for sure so I also wanted to ask you you did um you got certified uh in kettlebell work? Yeah, yeah, with RKC in Shrunkford. Oh, okay. Pavel and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, my father-in-law owned a, a school in Ohio, and he was, I think it was like a two or three, he couldn't, oh yeah, that's what it is, with uh, 
archery team instructor. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had finished with a seminar, and he knew with jujitsu and just from my background, strength and conditioning and all that, he invited me to come out and, and do one of these these uh, what these three day certification workshops, which was one of the freaking hardest things in the world to try and do. Yeah. It's difficult. It's not you just don't go and learn shit. You have to perform. So for six months, every day I was getting ready with kettlebells, and he sent me this this protocol or this list of things that you can do or progressions to get ready for it. Mm-hmm. But man, like one of the things you have to do is you have to do for the 24 kilos of mesh, 56 pounds, you have to do 100 snatches in five minutes. So like, so that alone is, is tough. And they don't do it like, all right, you're fresh. Let's do a 100 snatches yeah. in five minutes. From the day you get there, it's like, this is your kettlebell comrades. Like you're going to carry it everywhere, you know? And like Just you, one? Just No, just, yeah, just your 24 kilo bell, right? 56 pounds. But it's like, all right, we're going to warm up with, we're going to do 50 swings. And you do three swings. Like, all right. And like talks to us. Like, all right, let's do 50 more swings. You know, 50 more swings. And then someone talks. Like, all right, let's do 50 more swings. So, dude, every day you're doing like 500 to maybe 1,000 swings, you know, a lot. And then halfway, midway through the second day or third day, it's like, dude, your back's fried. You know, it's, it's, like, it's all right. Here's the, now we're going to do the, the 100 snatches in five minutes, you know. And then three times, I think it was three times a day. You're doing workouts too, so and not only that, but you're also all day long showing them that you can do these swings. And it's not just doing swings; it's doing swings. Mm-hmm. They're they're walking around as you're doing. They're kicking you and hitting your abs and hitting your glutes and making sure everything's firing. And then set the barbell down planks, and they'll walk around and give you some tough love by kicking you and making sure your planks are solid. And then, all right, get back up, more swings, and really showing you all the progressions to help someone learn how to do a swing by doing it yourself. And then you partner up with someone and you help each other out. Mm-hmm. So all day long is just hands-on swinging bells. So it was a pain in the ass. For three days? For three days, yeah, three long days, man. And uh, at the same time I, I was came in, I was bigger. I was about 230 pounds. I put on a bunch of weight and mm-hmm. powerlifting and all this stuff. I'm like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the beast mode challenge is what they call it. So <laughs> you, you, take, you take the beast, which is a 106-pound kettlebell, mm-hmm. and from uh, you got to get it off the ground up to a, a clean then from a clean without bouncing your knees your knees locked in place a solid press overhead one press right and then that's one of the things you have to do the other one is you have to do a dead hang on a pull-up bar with it strapped around your waist mm-hmm. you got to do a pull-up until the bar touches your sternum not just your neck you got to get all the way to your chest right like all the way up and then, uh, he came up with a shit and pal- then pal- probably pal- yeah he's crazy, Rush, yeah, he crazy. Out, <laughs> let's like beat the weakness out of these guys you know mm-hmm. and then the third thing is you have to do a pistol squat which is a one-legged squat with the bell, you have to go all the way down with a hundred six pound bell, all the way down until your butt's like coll- almost like collapsed, you know, and then all the way back up, right? So I did the uh, the pull up, I did the the pistol, and then when it came to the press, man, I got it like halfway, and it was on the last day, the last one, and it just got stuck halfway, you know. Put the bell down, like all right, so all right, shake it out, let's give it a minute, try it again, you know. Gave it a minute, try it again, got stuck halfway again, you know. I'm like, fuck, man, I'm I'm not gonna do the pull up, not gonna do the pistol get here and not be able to do this you know i did both of those no problem mm-hmm. i'm here i'm gonna do this you know and every time that you were trying it you were doing the pull-up and uh no, no, no. i already snatch. got those out yeah okay. i already got those out okay. i did the pistol no problem the pistol was hard, easy for me the pull-up barely got it but i got it and then when it came time and i did these progression programs for six months so i could work up to that weight you know and then it came time to uh to do the press, I just was getting stuck, man. And I and I do this press all the time. And have you done it? Oh, you've done yeah, it before. I, oh, yeah, I've done it, man. I, I was I was getting it, you know. And uh, but not after three days of extreme kettlebell training, you know. So uh, then someone came up to me, one of the the trainers, and said, "Stretch your left. You're pressing with your right hand. Stretch your left foot, and then slam your left foot into the ground hard. Set your feet. Squeeze your other fist as high as you can and press the bell." Boom, I got it up, dude. Mm-hmm. And I didn't and I did it better than I do it usually at home. I just pushed it straight up, no sticking point, no nothing, just went all the way up. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. How like your whole body's connecting by mm-hmm. stretching your left foot, pressing overhand with your right hand is gonna be so much more powerful, you know. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So they yeah. know their shit, huh? Oh, they definitely know their shit, yeah. And then for next couple of years I taught kettlebells with private lessons, stuff out of my garage at local gym. Developing this program of yours, it's gonna be yeah, awesome. I'm excited. It's gonna be fucking cool. Yeah, it's gonna get people from all three worlds interested in the other ones. Like, hmm, 
Yeah, I hope. Maybe we might should try jujitsu. Yeah. Uh, jujitsu that time. Yeah, maybe I should try yoga. Yeah, heck yeah. I or think in, too, jujitsu and lifting. yoga people can see that kettlebells isn't just some like meathead let's just go lift weights. Yeah. It's like a practice and we're constantly working on getting better at it and yeah. setting new PRs and it's fun, you know. Yeah. Or I'm just lifting to failure. And right. That's not the purpose yeah. of it. I'm not hurting myself. Or fucking huge loads, right? Like yeah, exactly. I can't do that. Control the rest. Yeah, me too. I've hurt my body too much with powerlifting, you know, and, and my weight. But yeah, man, I'm excited. Yeah, man, for sure. And you are uh, competing uh, April 22nd, 26th. Yeah, I didn't even check, but yeah, I am. April 26th. It's the Mission Hunter Pro, I think that's what it's called. The Mission Hunter Pro, Huntington Beach, and then Pan Ams. No, Pan Ams in two weeks, man. Not this upcoming week, but the following week. Oh, Pan Am's coming first. Yeah, Pan Am's oh, coming. Shit. So I gotta get over this, this little head cold I got. Right. Been training for it, but it's, uh, it is horrible. I you feel good. People are gonna be freaked out at Pan Am's about the coronavirus. Dude, maybe, I don't know. I hope People not. competing with masks and shit. Did <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see Marco? He's the guy that trains, he trains out of San Diego. Is Marco the big guy who calls himself Big Daddy? Yeah, that he posted a uh, he posted a video with the mask on. He has the the lapel like thing, like the lens out. You know, he said I'm I, I caught that Cornelius virus or something oh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hilarious. Yeah. He has that. a mask on. It's pretty cool. He's like a funny. But yeah, the pants come in two weeks, and then that one comes. I'll probably do one in the middle. Uh, I'm really really enjoying competing again right now. You know, I did a lot at Blue and Purple. Like, I think at Blue I did first year was like twenty three or so tournaments at Blue Belt. Purple shit. belt was like in the 22 little tournaments. <coughs> Brown belt last year, I only did like six or seven. Kind of took a little break and then went and traveled a little bit and stuff. And yeah. But man, this year I just I got better training. Yeah, that fire I'm again. Going, yeah. Excited. So how did it feel when you when you came back from that? After that six year break? Yeah. Oh man, it was awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's you know like when you're a white belt and you come in, but you actually come back after six years and you know stuff. So mm-hmm. it's like being a white belt, but you have a an arsenal, you know, it felt great. Yeah. Nice. Well, like I said, it's great to have you around as a training partner, like an instructor. Oh, thank you. And great to have you, man, for yoga and for all of our, our as talks, a client, as a friend, as yeah, a family, yeah. as everything, man. And uh, yeah, we're getting pretty pumped to start working on this shit. Just three nights a day, trying to get more jujitsu people into yoga, more yoga people into jujitsu, more people into training. The smart way, the cool way, the efficient, the Russian way. The lasting way, most important, right? Lasting, right? Yeah, because you train your whole life. Nice, nice, nice. Well, that's all we got. Thanks, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you for coming and and doing this, and uh, we'll talk very soon. Peace. Peace.